look great. You're doing good. You are fabulous. Yes, that's right. Welcome to the podcast for moms by this mama, keeping it raw, real, and unfiltered every Thursday. Let's get into Christian Mom Uncensored. Hi, everyone. Happy December. Merry December. Um, Guys, we just have to catch up. That's all I can really say. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago. Um, Mine was great, but yeah, we just have some catching up to do. So let's get into it. So first things first is, I don't know about you guys, but the past like week and a half or two weeks has been extremely hard for me. Um, And honestly, I blame the weather change and the fact that for about a month now, it's been getting dark earlier and earlier. And seasonal depression, I think, is real. I think it's something a lot of people struggle with and something that I have struggled with literally every single winter that I don't have a baby because I feel like when you have a newborn this has been my experience Elliot was born in October of 2020 and so that winter of 2020 into 2021 I was doing pretty well um mental health wise even like um having Nia and like as a baby and things like that, I was doing well, pretty well mental health wise. And then, but before having kids, I did always struggle in the winter. And I think a lot of people do. And so for me, I am California girl, sunshine, palm trees. Like that is everything that brings me joy. And I've really toyed with for I'd say the past 10 years, moving away from Maryland, which is where I currently am, and moving to a state that doesn't get quite as cold. Um, even even like Georgia, for instance, that gets cold, not quite as cold as Maryland, and it's a quicker drive to Florida. And so you guys know I'm all gung-ho about moving away, and it's something that I'm really going to prey on this season um, because we're really in a holding period. And I don't know if you guys uh, have ever been, you guys, everyone's been in a holding period where you're waiting for something. So maybe you've been in a relationship for a while and you're waiting to get married or engaged, or maybe you've been living in a a house or apartment and and you're ready to buy a house, or maybe you've been wanting to have kids and you're waiting to have kids or whatever the holding period is. You, you want a relationship you want a marriage and you haven't found the person yet. You're, everyone just has these holding periods. And I feel like I'm in a holding period right now. And it's really, really, really frustrating to be in this holding period because I feel like, and I know there's seasons, it's just, it just sucks. Waiting sucks. Waiting for anything sucks. We live in a consumer-based instant gratification society which really has done some detriment to us as much as it, the convenience is good. And I wouldn't take away my next day Amazon delivery for anything. It does create this kind of thing where like when you can't get something instantly, we get like depressed about it or stressed about it or upset about it. And it's like we all become a little bit bratty. Um, for instance, I ordered um, 
I ordered some stuff for the gender reveal, and I'll talk to you guys about that too in a minute about the baby. But uh, for the gender reveal, and I decided I was gonna wear all pink because I want a girl, and pink is my favorite color. And even if it is a boy, like obviously I will love my child either way. But I just need to wear something that's gonna make me feel so good. And so I bought these two really cute pink dress. I bought dresses. I bought these matching pink boots. I have these fur pink gloves they're fake fur don't worry i'm animal friendly um these faux these faux fur gloves that are pink i have these sunglasses it looks like i cannot wait to post pictures of this outfit y'all it is the cutest look and when i bought these things like my pink boots for instance and i bought this white coat so it's like winter chic i can i'm gonna slay i'm so excited for it and i'm really excited because it's been so long since i felt really really good about myself because being pregnant your body changes and I always am fine like I know that like your bait your belly is going to grow you're going to get big but what does kind of get hard is figuring out what to wear and so I think I've mentioned before like for me what I've been feeling the best in is body suits and sweats because I feel like it's an easy put together look that looks like comfy. It's comfy and it's chic. The only problem with bodysuits is every time you go to the bathroom, you have to unsnap them unless you take it all the way off, but you don't want to mess up like the, the neck lining, like the way the neck is. So I feel like once I'm more into my pregnancy in April and May, I'll probably switch from wearing bodysuits to wearing like summery type dresses because it'll be easier to pee in in my third trimester. But for my second trimester, I can still bend and snap and unsnap fine. But aside from that, like I, ha I keep saying this, I haven't gotten my hair done since the beginning of the summer. So like May, April or May, I <clears throat> really am looking forward to like putting myself together, getting my hair done for one um, and just looking good and feeling good. But anyway, back to this holding period, I feel like. All of my life right now has is, is leading up to this holding period. So now I'm going to be raw, real, and uncensored about what has been happening in my life emotionally. Um, I will say that I have suffered from really bad morning sickness with all of my kids to the point where I need a prescription because if I don't have one, I can't keep anything down. And so... I am 19 weeks now at the time I'm recording, um, and I feel like once you enter your second trimester, the morning sickness eases up. Um, normally, like around 20 weeks is when I'm really good, so I figured by like week 19, I I might still be a little nauseous, but I think I'll be okay, and that's wrong. So I ran out of my prescription, and I was busy. I was just, it was, it was like, um, Thanksgiving weekend, I had my prescription, but then I ran out by the week after Thanksgiving. And so I was like, well, let me not take it and just see if I feel okay. Um, Cause like, who wants to just keep taking a prescription and take a prescription? And I wasn't okay. And so I was down for the count and then I went to go get a refill and it was on back order. And so for like a week, I've just been slowly getting sicker and sicker in terms of morning sickness where I have to eat or else I'm going to be like dry heaving. But if I do eat, I'm going to throw it up. And so it's just been this whole constant struggle. Um, 
and I just got the prescription again, but it makes me so sleepy. And so the thing about it is like the other day, yesterday I was working at my mom's house. I had my laptop at my mom's house and I was getting some work done. And really because I was working all day on a Saturday, I thought it'd be fun to sit at my mom's beautiful new home. Um, I knew she was going to like make all the food for me. Like I was going to be pampered. <laughs> like I wasn't going to have to do much. And then Ethan brought the kids over once they were awake and it was going to be like a chill day. And because I was working, it was going to be nice for the kids to be able to play with Nana and to play with the toys at Nana's house and to be in Nana's new house, like a change of scenery because Monday through Friday, if I'm working at home, like we're at home. And so we were doing all this and um, I take my medicine for the first time. So on Friday at like eight o'clock, 8.15, I get an email that my order is ready. Not at my normal pharmacy, but a pharmacy that's like 10 minutes further away. And I tell Ethan, you have to go get it because I don't want to be miserable sitting at my mom's house tomorrow. He gets it. He runs out, gets the prescription at like nine o'clock at night. Pharmacy closes at nine. Like, thank God he got there in time. And I, anyway, go to my mom's house the next day and I'm working and I take my medicine in the morning. And so with my prescription, it's extended release. And so you're supposed to like take one at night, like before you go to bed. And then the idea is that it's like a slow release so that by morning you're feeling pretty good and you're okay. And I feel like it, it works in a way for me if I just take it at night, but around one o'clock I'll start getting really sick again. And so I take it twice a day. Um, I take it when I first wake up and when I first go to sleep, that's another option. The problem is it makes you drowsy. And so for my whole pregnancy, I've been wondering why I'm so tired. Like I know pregnancy is tiring, but I've been like, I, even when I get a good night's sleep, like I am so, so tired. Like what is wrong with me? And yesterday I was at my mom's house and all of a sudden it was like two out. It was like three hours after I took the medicine. Again, it's extended release. I'm like falling asleep and it feels like I took a sleep pill, like a sleeping pill. I used to take like sleep aid when I was in college um, to help me sleep because I felt like I couldn't fall asleep because I was thinking too much. Um, and so I took this dollar store sleep medicine, which I don't recommend, but I, I did it in college. It was fine. And I'm like, why am I falling asleep? So I look at my prescription bottle and it says, do not operate heavy machinery may cause drowsiness. And so like for three hours, I'm like falling asleep, trying to work at my mom's house. And so I took it again this morning because I remember, and I'm starting to feel a sleepiness now. No, I remember that like for, I've been taking this medicine for months now at this point, And I don't remember feeling this tired. So I'm not sure if it's like, initially when you take it it's going to make you drowsy and then like the more you take it your body kind of gets used to it and you won't be tired so that's my experiment um anyway long story about my morning sickness is to say that it's been a rough few weeks because I've been so sick and I always say I would rather be in pain than nauseous I always always say that and I mean it to the core of my existence I would rather have contractions than be nauseous because nausea is like the worst feeling in the entire planet for me. I get car sick pretty easily. It's just not fun. It's just not a fun thing. Like I can't ride in certain people's car. Like my grandparents' car is too smooth and it has like all these smells because they're like really good to really big smell people. And I'm like nauseous immediately. Like I can't. Um, but so I've been 
I've been really nauseous and then I've been so like for the past three days Ethan's been in the office and it has been up to me to like get up get Mia's clothes out get um breakfast cooked while I'm trying not to throw up mind you while I just want to lay down because I feel sick it'll get myself put together and dressed so I can be on camera for my morning meetings and you know, get me a snack packed for school and things like that. And so what I've kind of decided is there's always ways to make the things you have to do easier. And there's always ways to lessen your plate. And I want to talk about that next as well as this um, holding period. So let's shift. I keep getting distracted back to that. So right now, during the most magical time of the year, I feel like I'm in a holding period. And I do want to note that although the holidays not everyone is as into the holidays as I am. Um, and the holidays can be really hard for people. I think for my grandma, whose mom has passed away, my great grandmother's passed away. I imagine the holidays are hard for her on some level because we always were at my great grandmother's house for like 20, 30 years. That's the way it was. And so my grandma's kind of taken over that role and we're doing it at her house. And um, she's really become the matriarch of our family at least, and I can imagine that that makes some parts of the holiday hard. Um, and for people, like one of my good friends has lost her dad a couple years ago. When your holidays are so much around family, when you lose a family member, the holidays are bittersweet. And so uh, and not, not everyone has people, not everyone has good family history. Um, so the holidays isn't always fun for everyone. You guys know I'm all about it. Like we've done 15 holiday events already and it is December 4th at the time I'm recording. And I'll tell you that I've already went and saw Christmas lights. We had a holiday event at Mia's school. Um, and those are the holiday things we've done so far. But next weekend it's holiday out even more. Our Christmas tree's already up. Our stockings, our house is decorated. I've already begun wrapping presents. Um, yeah. And so I admit, I admit the holidays are hard and winter is just hard. And I wish there was something else in the after Christmas, like in February, like to look forward to, which is why I started the idea of going to Disney in February because, um, you know, February or late February, early March, because I feel like for me, at least I love Disney World and the crowds are relatively low because February, there's not like there's spring break or anything. Um, and the temperature is mild. And so it didn't rain a single day we were in Disney when we let, went um, this earlier this year. Um, the lines, it was still crowded for like, I mean, there were still people at Disney World. It's Disney World. But I imagine it's 10 times worse during other times of the year. Um, and what happened was after Christmas... I was in full Disney prep mode. So I went from like holidays and fun to like picking out Disney outfits, making sure our list is packed, checking reservations, looking at shows. And so it got me excited. Like if you're a Disney lover, I, I really love, and, and I hate to give you this suggestion because this is when I go, but it really does make the winter like a little bit better. And then, so like you're looking forward and you're planning all January and February the end of February comes, you go between, you know, end of February, early March before spring break. And then you get spring break after that. And so it's like, after spring break, you know, spring's coming, even if it's still cold. And you're like at the edge of winter. And that's how I kind of have survived my winters. And so this year, 
I'm not going to Disney World in February because my baby is due in April. <laughs> like, I can't go to Disney that pregnant. That would be miserable. And to be honest, when I go to Disney, I go for kids and adult fun. So I am a drink around the world person. And even if I don't drink around the world, I do want to have drinks at Epcot and at Hollywood Studios and wherever there's adult beverages because it's vacation. And so I'm not going to go to Disney World and not get my avocado margarita from freaking uh, Cava. I think that's what it was. I don't know what, where it was. Canteen. Somewhere. Somewhere. I think I was in Mexico in Epcot and it was the most amazing drink I had my whole trip. That one and the thing from Pongu Pongu um, was really good the something blossom anyway but regardless um anyway so now I'm trying to figure out like when we're going to Disney and I have I'm leaning towards so I really wanted to go for Christmas because in 2023 I was debating on if I wanted to just try to go in September or But then I felt like Mia starts kindergarten and it's like the beginning of the school year. And what happens in the beginning of the school year is everyone is sick for three months. And so I didn't want to do that. And Ethan, because of me having a baby, gets paid parental leave that he can use throughout the year. So it's like six weeks of leave um, and he can use it how he wants. He can use it consecutively. He can use a day at a time. He can use a week at a time. And so and it's leave that they can't deny because it's for a baby. They call it like family leave. And it's really hard for him to get off of work around Christmas. And so I thought, well, this is the fir- this is the perfect year, at least while you're at this job, for us to go to Disney because you have leave they can't deny. So if we want to leave three days before Christmas, you're going to be off. My job is more flexible around the holidays. We kind of shut down a little bit. We don't like shut down, like everything's still working, but Um, It goes by seniority if you get leave, like if they really need someone on site. But it's, I've never had my leave denied for Christmas. There was one year when I was earlier in my career where I wasn't sure I was going to be able to be off for Christmas Eve. But then the president (laughs) decided to give us Christmas Eve off anyway because I work for the government. (laughs) Anyway, so then that all happened. But yeah, so I, I'm really leaning towards Disney at Christmas, but it can be very crowded and I'll have like an eight-month-old. And so I am the type of mom that's very germ-cautious for the first year. I really am because they don't, there's not a whole lot of medicine you can give babies when they're that little. And I don't really like to give my kids medicine at all if I, if I don't have to. I don't like to give myself medicine at all um, if I don't have to. And so... <sighs> Which is why I'm thankful my kids don't have to be in daycare. Um, Next year, Elliot will go to preschool and the baby will be home when I'm home. And Ethan works from home. And my mom works from home and my grandma is retired. So, like, the baby won't have to go to daycare. And that's good because, like, I'm not a fan of the germ exposure so young. I know that, like, once they get to preschool, for instance, this year, the first three months of school, we've been nothing. We've got RSV, covid some other kind of sickness that was probably just a bad cold it sucks but it's manageable when your child's four years old it's harder when they're babies I mean with babies you can just nurse but anyway I digress um so I'm trying to plan out when I'm going in Christmas and because I because I want to go to Mickey's very merry Christmas party 
like that usually ends the 22nd of December. And so it's like, do I go before Christmas or do I go the week between Christmas and New Year's, which is probably the most popular and or do I go in the beginning of November? I mean, the at beginning of December, the end of November. So I'll update you guys about that later. Um, anyway, this holding period. Oh, you guys, you guys, I don't know about you guys, but it just feels like we are coming to the end of the year. And I have been going through a lot. <sighs> okay. I want to talk about a few things. The first thing I want to talk about that I find interesting in my life is that every time I'm pregnant, every time I have these revelations with God. And what I mean by that is I have these breakthrough moments. I have these um, moments where I'm on the ground crying and literally God's the only one that can make a way or can make it happen. And I want to talk a whole lot about that in a whole episode um, dedicated to that. But I was just um, reflecting in reliving the year in the past couple of years and how right now, I've said it before, you guys probably feel it too, inflation, people passing away, um, it's a hard time. This season, y'all know me, is not my season. Winter is not my season. Summer, I've learned, is my season. And I have been really struggling week to week and day to day in this season. And I mean, that's why this podcast, you didn't get a podcast for a week or two because every week and every day literally has been the hardest struggle. And I mean like marriage struggle, financial struggle, emotional struggle, work struggle, stress struggle, worry about this pregnancy and this baby struggle, grapple with the fact that this is my last pregnancy and I thought I'd have more people around me. I thought I'd have, I, you know, I, I just felt like, you know, people would do more. And it's interesting because whenever I'm pregnant, I just stop seeing my friends. They stop coming around. When I'm, when I'm not, they're there all the time. And so it's just, been a, it's, it's just been a season where I'm like, when am I going to get a break? And there's this funny TikTok where it's like, God, I hope I'm not one of your strongest warriors for 2023. Because it is always like someone looking jacked up. Their hair is messed up. Their outfits a mess. Makeup, they look beat up. And then God's like calling them to go into 2023. And that's how I feel. And I don't know if any of you guys just feel like, I don't have anything anymore. And I'm a go, 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 work, 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 give, 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 and give, and give, and give type of person that I hit my wall. And I have said that, like, when you turn 30, I haven't turned 30 yet, but as I approach your 30s, you start putting up boundaries, you stop caring about hurting people's feelings, you just become a different person. And for me... It's true, but I'm still a giver, guys. I'm still a lover. I'm still an optimist. And I, I was thinking about my husband and I and our relationship. And we have areas we have to work on, like every couple. No one's perfect except for my grandparents. But they've been together for like almost 50 years. So yeah, 
it makes sense that they have this amazing relationship. I'm five years into my marriage, and your five has been the hardest, no doubt. Um, but we continue to give for each other, like despite how hard it gets sometimes, despite tension, despite the, the monotony, monotony of life, um, we still give to each other. And that, I think that's what's important. But I was thinking about like how me as a person, I've become stronger and stronger the older I've gotten. If you met me as a younger person, I was timid. I was shy. I would cry if you talked to me. I would cry if you didn't like me. And now I just don't care and I'm not going to stand for certain things. Um, but because I'm such a giver, the people in my life, my husband, my best friend have to be not givers. What does that mean? That, that doesn't mean they're bad. I don't, I don't mean it to sound like, Oh my God, your best friend's not a giver. No, I mean like I'm an optimistic, bright, loving person. Um, not, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm just like a sunshiny person. Like if I was a state, I'd be California. My husband was a state. He'd be like, I don't know, like Kentucky. Like he's like a strong state. Like he's like, I don't give a crap and don't mess with me kind of state. And I realized that, um, like my best friend's very protective. I mean, she's definitely not as protective as she used to be, but growing up she was, and my husband's really protective and they have to be because of who I am is I'll just give until I'm gone. Like I'll give everything away and, um, they won't let me, but I don't know where I was going with this. I really feel like this season has wiped me out and I'm almost like for December, I got to rest. And here's my advice to you. Rest. Everyone's going to say, start thinking about your 2023 goals. Start thinking about your New Year's resolution. Start reflecting on the year. You can reflect in February. You can reflect in January. You can start your new year, new you in March. Like, I think we all need to rest. And I'm a big fan of doing a three-month goal situation. Like, in three months, I want to do have this done. Like, for now, I have more like a four-month. But by the end of March, I'd like to have my licensing done so I can enter April, the month I'm supposed to, I have my due date's the end of April, only focused on pregnancy and the baby and have everything career-wise sort of set up. So that means from January through March, it's hustle season. That means for December, I better rest. Um, and I'm trying to do that. And baby's kicking. <laughs> I just got so big, guys. Out of nowhere, I look super pregnant super pregnant. I'm, I'm like halfway there, 20 weeks. You're listening to the episode, 20 weeks, halfway there, but I look huge right now. And I, it's like all of a sudden it's a lot of baby. Um, but I'm not going to be mad about it. Cause this is the third, but anyway, I just wanted to remind you all to rest because we live in like a hustle culture, hustle, move, hustle, shake, hustle, 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 hustle. And we need rest. And I was listening to another podcast and it was a very interesting perspective that I don't have. And I think it's because of the way I grew up and came up and did life. But they were saying on the podcast, um, we don't live to work, but many of us feel that way. Like I don't live to do a job. 
you know, like I do my job so that I can afford to live. And I was thinking about like my perspective and how it's really different from my husband's where I will not be satisfied until I'm working my dream job. My dream job is entrepreneurship, business owner. At the end of the day, despite what that looks like, that's the dream job. My husband's like, I just like working and then coming home and spending time with my family. It's very interesting that from my perspective, my passion and purpose have to be my income and they're tied. And that's not the case for everyone. Um, And I have a really hard time understanding that part of him because it's just so opposite of who I am. Um, Because I look at people like you guys can roll your eyes, the Kardashians. I know not all of you love them. (laughs) I kind of do. And you're like... And I'm like, wow, like, yeah, they, I mean, questionable ways they got to the top, but Oprah, you know, okay, she got there. And like, of course, the goal for me is to be like super financially free so that like I have options. But I think about like, if I had $3 million, $40 million right now, what would I do every day? And the answer is I would podcast. The answer is I would do speaking engagements. The answer is I would run charity events. And so how do I make that my career? And so I thought it was interesting that because we live in such a capitalistic world, a lot of our goals are surrounded by money and finance and future and focus and like, like freedom. And I think those are good goals, but there's also should be goals of like creating really good memories with your kids connecting to the earth, living ethically. Those are things that are important to me too. The more uh, money I make, which is, you know, I told you right now, it's guys, it's struggle to struggle right now, but I want to live the the cleaner. I want to live the more ethically. I want to live the closer to the earth. I want to live. And I think that's why it's really hard for some of us who are on social media. And we see like all these influencers being super green and they have only like recycled materials and everything and you're like well if I can only afford Walmart which for sure has ethical issues what am I supposed to do like give like not buy clothes for my kids no we have to to live by our means and I think it's insane that in order to live truly ethically and I'm not going to get too much into consumerism and the ethics behind it but I did study it in college and learned a lot about sustainability, learned a lot about like um, a lot of stuff that we could get into. It's just like it's hard to afford for the most people to afford. And most people don't know, like, where is your milk coming from? Which, ca- which cow, if you drink cow's milk, did it come from? Which nut, if you drink almond milk? What? Oh, I don't really know how you make oat milk. I'm going to do some research. I like oat milk now. But also the other thing that's so funny is that everything's a trend. And it's interesting because, like, evolution, knowledge, technology is important, but some of it is trends. Okay, remember, like, as millennials, it's all about the avocado toast. My mom never had avocado toast growing up. I will tell you, I have never saw my mom have an avocado growing up. I, as a millennial, go crazy for avocado toast, and I like avocado bruschetta. I like avocado everything. Zoomers, which are the... Gen X or not Gen X, Gen Z make fun of millennials for our avocado toast. But then I remember 
growing up when it was like, okay, no more cow's milk, we're drinking soy milk. And that was the thing. And then it went from, okay, we're not drinking soy milk, we're drinking almond milk. And then that was the thing. And now it's like, we're not drinking soy or almond milk, we're drinking oat milk. And it's like, I don't really think it matters what kind of milk you drink. Like, and I think it's hard to, um, my, my, my aunt's a health conscious person who has a lot of anxiety and like rightfully so, like the food you eat does directly contribute to your health, um, obviously, but I refused to let that stress me out because I had an eating disorder growing up and I'm not going to have one as a, as a, if entering my thirties, that, sh- that, sh- that ish is gone. That ish is gone. That, sh- that ish has to be gone. I'm not dealing it with it for the next 30 years. I'm sorry. I put that behind me. Uh, I got other things to deal with. I'm trying to build an empire, a mini empire, <laughs> monopoly empire. I don't know what I'm trying to build, but um, everything is just a fad. Everything's fake. Everything on social media is fake. Everything is fake. Every time I post a video, my house isn't clean. In fact, I like to show my house not clean sometimes because it's like, this is the way it really looks. And people who have kids get it and people who don't have kids don't. And that's fine. Um, I watched this one video of this mom and it really kind of like made me go, hmm. And she was doing her morning routine and it was an insane routine. Okay. She was, she woke up at midnight and like read a book for five hours for five hours. She read a book for what got up. Okay. Did her little workout drank her little smoothie and then got her kids up. I was like, no mom's waking up at midnight and reading a book for five hours. I might wake up at 5.30 and read a book for five minutes. Like that's the earliest you're going to get me. And these days I'm rolling out of bed at 6.30. So like, I don't know what you want from me. Um, and I saw this other TikTok where this mom was like, and this one was valid. She was like, I don't want to see this on mom talk anymore. I don't want to see breastfeeding is best, breast is best, exclusive breastfeeding is best, and all this other stuff, and it's like, hi, Ellie, you coming to podcast, can you say hi? No. Okay. (laughs) Elliot's so funny, but, um, so anyway, this mom is talking about how she's tired of hearing about moms who think that they're doing it better, and I think it's interesting because as people, we on a level always think our way is the right way. And I, the world is so diverse. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because as much as I subscribe to a lot of the recommendations that obviously my doctor gives for me and my kids, I am not oblivious to the fact that what they're saying is from an American perspective and set up in an American way. Whereas there are many, many cultures across the whole entire world that have raised children successfully and have done it differently. And so for me, and this is what I'm going to say, as long as your kids are happy, healthy, fed, and safe, there isn't necessarily a right or wrong way to parent. Now, of course, there's good or bad things you can do. Like, you know, you shouldn't be like, I don't know, giving your toddler wine and you shouldn't, you know, leave your kid in the car and you shouldn't, you know, trust your kid with strangers and like the obvious stuff. But the things about like 
when you introduce solid food. What kind of solid food do you introduce? Do you breastfeed? Do you bottle feed? Which formula is the best? Um, is homeschool or public school or private school the best? None of it matters. You're, no one is better than anyone. Homeschool moms are not better than public school moms. And I've seen different results from varying degrees that prove that public school moms and private school moms are not better than public school moms. I've seen kids go to private school and turn out not great, not successful. I've seen kids go to private school and be ahead in life. Um, but did that come from schooling or did that come from already having money? Because if you can afford private school, well, you're coming from money. Um, and I remember like, as a first-time mom, there are certain things I felt so bad about that I just don't feel bad about now. Um, I... And I, I mean, I haven't done it yet, but like with Mia, for instance, having to supplement with formula was really hard for me. And that is what kind of started this journey of, uh, is it fair that moms have to go to work? Because for me, it was pumping that wasn't working. And just because your pump output, it's not, it's like when it comes to breastfeeding, and I can do a whole bunch on breastfeeding education, um, that doesn't always mean supply. And you think like your kid needs this amount, but breastfed babies are very different than formula fed babies. And like the way they take in food is very different. And so you look and you think my breastfed baby needs this four ounce bottle of milk. Well, that might not necessarily be true. Your baby might be drinking two ounces from you at a time. You like, there's no way to know when you're, when you're breastfeeding. The good thing is that when you are, you are able to be home with your child, then you can figure it out. And I feel like it, what really hindered me was the stress of work and then pumping. And also like I was a new mom, I wasn't figuring, I was trying to figure it out with this new baby. I'm going to want her or him to take a bottle because on Mondays I, I'm going to go back to work and go into the office. And also I would like to be able to leave my baby for four hours and not be panicked for five hours and not be panicked and know that in that time that my baby might eat once or twice I'll pump once while I'm away and then I'll come back and feed them and the reason why I didn't leave Elliot even though I had a pump and I could do it it was that for me, pumping is such a chore. Like if you're going to go anywhere, you need to have a cooler, you need to have supplies, you have to, I've pumped in my car many times and it's like, you have to sit there for like 20 minutes and it's like a lot of work. And then you have to like clean your pump parts. There's ways to do it. And I really, really commend moms that do pump because it's a lot of work and I with it's so much easier to not do it. And so I'm committing to pumping once a day with this new baby. Um, but I'm also not opposed to if I don't pump once a day and my baby needs one bottle while I'm gone, it, it being a formula bottle. Um, if for some reason my, my, you know, when you first have a baby, you make a ton of milk, my milk stash gets low or something like I'm not opposed to giving my baby a bottle. And I think that like, um, it's interesting. I, I heard a mom talk about how when she was in the hospital, she decided not to breastfeed from the beginning. And she was getting really shamed by doctors and nurses, lactation consultant coming in and saying like, are you sure this is what's good for your baby? This is what's best for your baby. 
And I will say that if you don't want to breastfeed for many reasons, it might be that you're on depression medication or you're on life-saving medication, you're on, um, and for your mental well-being, it's going to be a lot easier for you to be able to pass the baby off sometimes. Um, I will say when you don't have that option, and I didn't have that option a lot with Elliot, it is completely exhausting. But every mom is different and every mom has different needs and your baby's still going to grow up happy, healthy, fat. I look at Mia now and she's the smartest kid I know. And I know she's my daughter. So of course I'm going to say that, but she is so smart and she's smarter than Elliot. And I can already tell you that Elliot has a late birthday. He will be in preschool for three years because his birthday is in October. Um, preschool starts at two at the school that we like to go to and he is two right now, but he turned two in October. So school starts in September. He wasn't able to join the two-year-old class because he was one. And so next year, when he turns, he'll be two starting in preschool, but he'll be three the next month. And so he'll have be one of the older kids in the class always. But I think he needs that. I think he, Mia was always independent. She's a firstborn child. She's a girl. And because I was working away from the home more with Mia, um, because I worked away from the home more, she got interaction with other kids way young, younger than Elliot did, like from a baby. And so I'm just now enrolling Elliot into a play group because he needs something until he turns two. And I'm not like going to go pay for daycare when I don't need daycare. Um, but a play group is good. It, it happens once a week. And um, so that he can be around other kids and kind of just start that introduction. So when he does become you know, next year when he does go to preschool, he gets it. But every kid's different. Every family's different. And I don't think there's a right or wrong way to raise your kid. If you crib train your, your child or if you don't, if you co-sleep or if you don't, as long as you're doing everything safely and informed, you as the parent have the autonomy to decide what's best for you and your family. And, you know, I say that because some of the things I like to do, and maybe I'll do an episode on this later, um, and we write that down, is not, is not um, American practice or American standard or American guidelines, but has worked in other countries, has worked in Australia, has worked um, specifically uh, in Latin America. Like there's things that I like to do as a parent that are, you know, more holistic or, you know, a normal person would be like, I'm going to give my child this and I might give my child something different if they're sick because I am not going to take my my education only from America and you know because I don't think we're perfect I think we're pretty jacked up and so I would rather get information from other places and um yes obviously I listen to my kids doctors they go to the doctors on their recommended schedule they they do get vaccinated and I did ask for an alternate vaccine schedule for the MMR um if you don't know what that is you could research it it doesn't matter ultimately because I was I was cautious about vaccines and like where they come from and you know what is in them and how soon we give them to babies and things like that I was just really especially as a first time mom just really getting into that again if we're interested in this type of stuff I can get into it in another episode 
but I wanted to just let you know, like what you're doing is fine. If I feel like we feel so much guilt if we have to work, but I know moms that like say, no, I am a better mom because I work because I'm not cut out to all day deal with my child whining. I'm a better mom because I go away to work, do my job. And when I get back, I'm not tired from raising my child, like from dealing with my child all day. I, I, and I can interact and I can engage. And on the weekends, we do a lot of stuff and that's a good, happy balance. And I'll tell you, that's a lot of America. That's a lot of people. And so for me, I always thought like stay-at-home moms are better. No, stay-at-home moms, I do think it's a privilege to be a stay, if you're able to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, I don't think it makes you a better mom. I don't think it makes you a worse mom. I think it's just your level of motherhood. And the same for like where you are in life. I think that people think you need to make X amount of money to be successful or have this amount in your savings account or you need to own a house, have a retirement plan, pay off your student debt if you have any, um, and be having serious investments, have 2.5 kids, and enroll your kid in the best schools in order to be a good parent. That's not true. I lived in an apartment of a lot of my life, and I'm, I look at myself and I think, you know, I'm doing okay. Like, I didn't turn down a, a rabbit. Like, I'm fine. I went to college. I graduated college in four years. I use my degree on this podcast. I'm using it um, in my entrepreneurial merch, entrepreneurial ventures. I, you know, I did okay. It, I didn't grow up with a white picket fence and 2.5 siblings. I had four siblings and no fence. And guess what? I'm fine. And um, obviously we want those for ourselves and our kids. You know, obviously I'm right now looking to, you know, buy my dream house next. That's really what I want to do. This is the next big goal. And have my kids really be able to grow up there and like while they're you know before Mia is six is really what I want like um it's not going to happen before she's five but it it'll happen before she's six because I'm I'm having a baby she turns five in July um but before she's six I would like that because you know that's a lot of your childhood I think that when I break up the ages like one through five like okay so like one through three is like babies and toddlers right and then you have five four and five which I think is really young child like it's kindergarten it's first grade you're still a really little kid and then you have six and seven I kind of do by every two years and at six you're starting to like have a friend group I feel like you're into your activities if you your kid have, has never done an activity before I feel like by six parents are for sure putting their kids in stuff um um, if not even by eight, I know. So I know I have parent friends that are like, oh, wow, you have Mia, you had Mia do soccer and you're, you're going to have her do gymnastics. I haven't put my kid in anything. My kid's almost nine. That's fine. But you know, you're starting to kind of form that life. And so that's why I say by six, I'd love to be in our dream home so that I can settle my, my kids and then they can grow up there. And it's interesting because I grew up moving a lot and I think I'm good because of that. Like Ethan thinks that because I moved and I went to schools a lot that I get bored easily and I am always ready to just go to the next place, go to the next location, do the next thing. And he like, he moved one time when he was a baby into the house that his mom and dad built, right? 
their farmhouse and he stayed there his whole entire life. And so it's very different when it's like, I'm used to like walking into a new school. I'm used to moving and, you know, decorating a new room. And I love that stuff. But I do think the, I do love the idea of like my kids having a home. And when they're older, like this is my childhood home. But I can't say I'm going to stay in, like, I want this next home to be, like, my dream home, forever home. I can't say that I'm going to stay there. I can tell you, like, in five years, I might be like, I want to something else. And I want to move somewhere else because I'm pretty floaty. So here is a parenting struggle or something that I was facing with yesterday. So yesterday, um, this week, um, Ethan was home from work on Monday. And then he was in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Friday, we leave for our staycation and so on Wednesday I'm getting Mia up to go to school I'm getting her up I'm getting her ready to go to school and as I'm doing that she is just crying so what happens is in the morning she likes to watch this YouTube show Nico and Adley and so she's having breakfast and I'm now at the point in the morning where I got Elliot dressed, got his socks and shoes on, and now she needs to go ahead and finish getting herself ready. I've already done her hair, and um, I turn off Nico and Adley and put on songs because Elliot's asking me to listen to songs, and I kind of did it without thinking. Mia starts crying, and I don't put two and two together that she was upset that I turned off Nico and Adley, and I was just like, all right, Mia, come on, let's get ready for school. Um... And she just was moving slow all morning. And so she's crying. She's like, I don't, I'm like, let's get your shoes on. She's like, I'm not ready yet. I just need a minute. And like when Mia's upset, she likes to be by herself to calm down. She likes like a minute by herself to calm down before she tells you what's wrong. And so I know this about my child. And so she's upset, upset, upset. And I can't get her to talk to me. And this is going on for like 20, 20 minutes. And now we really have to go to school. So I'm like, okay, well, you can calm down in the car. We have to leave. You're going to school today. And she's saying, I don't want to go. So at first she said, I said, what's the matter? Um, are you sad because I turned off Nico and Natalie? She says, no. And I think that was really what was wrong. Um, she, I say, like, um, are you sad because you don't want to go to school? And she says, yes, I just want to stay home. And I explained to her, like, well, you need to go to school. School is your job. Just like I have my job, you're only going to be there for a couple hours. And then when you come back, if you're tired, you can take a nap. You can watch Nico and Adley. You can relax this afternoon. No big deal. And so all of that, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, she cries the whole way to school. And so I kind of leave her alone. Um, I let her. She cries the whole way to school. And I feel bad. And the type of parent I am, y'all, I'm the softy. I'm the feeling type parent. And so I call Ethan a few times because I'm thinking, like, maybe she'll talk to her dad. No. And I feel bad because she won't talk to me. And maybe she thought I was being mean telling her she had to go to school. And I'm, like, trying to rush her. And the type of parent I am is that if you're having a really bad day, like, you don't have to go to school. But today... Or, you know, on, yeah, like, you know, going to school, I was like, you need to go. You need to learn that she, I can't let her learn that every time she's upset, mom will let me stay home. She has to learn that, you know, she has to go. And so 
which is hard for me because I'm feeling like I would rather you stay home and cuddle if you're sad, but no. So we get to school. She's still crying and I'm sitting in the car with her looking at the clock. School starts at 9.15. It's like 9.13 and I'm like, we need to go walk inside of this. We need to go walk inside school. And normally we're like one of the first couple of kids to get dropped off because I get there relatively early. We show up, like half the kids are not even in the hallway anymore. There's a couple stragglers and Mia's crying. And I tell her, right, like, let's go wash your face. I give her a hug. I take her to the bathroom, wash her face, give her a hug. And I'm like, you're going to have a great day. You know, when you come home, we can go to the library if you want can do all this stuff and she is not hearing it she's not having it and she's still crying so I walk her to her class to drop her off and her teacher is like oh my gosh Mia what's wrong and I'm like telling her I don't know she's kind of been upset all morning um and so her teacher gives her she's Mia's holding on to me like her teacher's like come here Mia Mia's holding on to me like she doesn't want to go in but then her teacher like gives her a hug and takes her to Cozy Corner where they can go talk. And so I leave and I feel bad that I left, but she had to go to school, right? Like I can't not. And my thought process is that like, I got bamboozled one day when Mia, like last year or earlier this year, I don't remember when Mia was like crying, saying her stomach hurt and she didn't want to go to school. And so I was like, oh man, if her stomach hurts. And so she cried the whole way and I, and I, I, I turned around and took her home. As soon as we got home, she grabbed a, an applesauce. She grabbed some mini muffins. She was jumping on the couch and she just wanted to stay home that day. And I was bamboozled and I was like, I'm not going to be bamboozled again. But so then it turned out she had a pretty rough day at school. So there's this little boy in school and I'm not going to say his name, but he is a boy and Mia is a a calm, like very like with with me she can get wild and with her dad and her her family she can get wild but she's like calm walking into school she's really well behaved when it comes to other people um she can be quiet and so this boy is kind of the opposite like he's rowdy he has a hard time getting dropped off in the morning he's hyper and it might be something like ADHD it might be like something and I don't know what it is it could be nothing um but he routinely just kind of has like a hard time um listening to directions and following directions and things like that and in my opinion just watching I think like maybe it's ADHD or maybe it's something and there I can tell that the mom is like working through it and every day she's kind of like nervous I feel like to pick her him up so I I'm anxious to get to school to pick up Mia so I'm like the second person in school in the line to pick her up um because you know I left her crying and I was concerned she was going to cry all day the other thing is she has this Christmas performance coming up um next week and so I don't want her to miss because I want her to be able to you know know everything she's doing for her little Christmas sing-along or whatever her class is doing And I knew that, like, yeah, she's upset, but there's so many lessons of, like, you have to do hard things. You have to do things when you don't want to. Um, And a lot of times I will let Mia stay home. But because in the beginning of the school year we missed, you know, quite a few days from being sick, we're about to be on our staycation. We're about to be, she's about to be off for Christmas break. Like, she doesn't, she doesn't need to stay home right now. Now, when there's that long stretch um, in the spring where there's like no days off. If she was really 
if I could tell she didn't sleep well and she was having just like a really hard day, I am the type of parent that will let you stay home. I think that we all need mental health days. There's days where I haven't slept well and I try to work and in the middle of the day I have to sign off or I have to leave early because it's I cannot function and I believe that happens with kids sometimes. But I wasn't having it. I wasn't having it yesterday. And so then I, I go to pick her up and her school they do backpack buddies and so right now it's Thelma the Unicorn and so she brings home Thelma the she gets Thelma the Unicorn, um, where she gets to write a story about her day with the unicorn. Um, you read the book with the unicorn and it's just like a cute way that all the kids like share this unicorn. And they also get to read. Um, and so when I go to pick her up, her teacher kind of like pulls me to the side and it's like, Mia wouldn't tell me what was wrong this morning. And I tell her, yeah, she was kind of crying all morning. She wouldn't tell me either. I think she's just, she was just tired. And I felt bad because Mia was crying, crying. Her face was all red and splotchy and I'd never dropped, I've never dropped her off in tears before. Um, not since last year when she first started going to school, but this year I haven't dropped her off in tears. Um, and then she tells me there's an instant incident. This boy that I described a few minutes, a few seconds ago, grabbed her neck and squeezed it. And so she got really upset. Um, her friends all gave her a hug, but this did happen. And I had to sign this incident report and I'm like, oh my gosh, my child is intuitive like I am. Whenever, so you know how it's like when you're having a bad day, your attitude can change it around. That is a load of baloney. I think some days are just not good days and some days are great days. Um, And I always have instincts on days where I should stay home or days where um, it's not going to go my way or days where I should have just did this or that. And I think Mia may have some of my instincts also she's also four she could it might not be the case but I'm definitely going to pay attention to see if she has my instincts because I'm a very like in tuned person attuned in tuned uh person to to I can like sense things I'm like borderline psychic I feel like very connected um I'm also a Pisces and if you if you're into zodiac it's not you know our intuition is it's pretty off the charts. And so I was like, oh my gosh, Mia just knew she was going to have a bad day. So I pick her up. I check out her neck. There's no marks. She's okay. But she's saying this little boy grabbed me and squeezed my neck so hard. And I'm like feeling a couple of different things. One, I'm sorry I sent you to school. That happened. She got the backpack buddy, which I think her teacher was like, okay, whoever's turn it was, it's going to be Mia's turn today because it was a rough day. But as a parent, dealing with another, you know, child touching your child, what do you do? And so this is preschool. And at her school, her teacher straight up told me which child did it. And Mia would have told me anyway. I know at some schools, they don't like to protect the kids' privacy. You won't know who, who like, um, touched your kid or, like, if there was an incident. But at Mia's preschool, no, they're telling you. And I think that's good because... As a parent, no one's going to go, like, attack a four-year-old child or a five-year-old child, but, like, a conversation with a parent might be necessary. For me, I feel like that what am I, what's going to happen if I have a conversation with this parent? Nothing. Um, it's not like this kid is routinely messing with Mia. 
then I would have to have a conversation with this parent. I think it was an incident when they were playing and this child has, uh, Ethan said, I think, and he's worked preschool, he said, I think he has impulse issues. That's no excuse. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not mad. I mean, I am mad that somebody touched my kid for sure. But there's not a, not a lot you can do in these situations. And these things are going to happen in school. And I think that, I think about like my high school, my middle school experience where I was bullied and how helpless as a parent I would feel. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. If that happened to my kid, because I was bullied every single day in eighth grade relentlessly. Like the classic bullying, too, like throwing trash at me, tripping me, um, calling me names. Like the classic bullying. Every single day I was taunted. Every single day I filled out a bully report. Every single day nothing happened. And as a parent, my mom tried to talk to the school. There wasn't much. <laughs> the school could do it happened on the bus I didn't know all the kids names and I'm like well you can get a list of all the kids who are on this bus though like there's a way to figure it out and as a parent you guys know me my biggest response to things and people who behave poorly it should be is to turn the other cheek like Jesus but I'm a sinner, y'all. And so my biggest response is not to fight back. Well, one, I would if, if I, as a parent, like, I'm getting on this bus. I'm sitting on this bus in disguise. You're going to pick me up. I'm going to dress up like a little kid. You're going to pick me up at a random bus stop. This is why I would tell the principal, here's our options. You're going to pick. I'm going to get on this bus, not at my kid's bus stop, at another bus stop. And I am short. I'm going to incognito myself onto this bus and I'm going to watch this situation play out. I'm going to see who did it. And then when we're done, I'm going to stand up and say, you, 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 and you come with me. We're going to the principal's office and we're going to work it out. That's option one. Option two is because if a principal gets on the bus or if a teacher gets on the bus, of course the kids are going to stop. Option two is you pull the footage, pull the footage from the school bus. If there is no footage, I will pay to put footage on the school bus. Three, I'm going to the press. You have like two chances to, to correct the situation. And when you do not correct the situation, I immediately go to the media because there's nothing in this world that will destroy a school, a business, a person than the media. And my husband thinks like, babe, that's ruthless. No. I had a situation happen in college that was like racist and you know what I did I went to the media you know what the reporter did asked me for details that's who I am like what am I gonna do sit here and be helpless or if, if the, you're not gonna take action I'm gonna go get community outrage I'm gonna be in the PTA I'm gonna be in the community like I'm not a, a, a silence type person I joined a group um, of moms that are for, about protecting kids in schools. Mia's not at that, that age where she's in school. She's about to be in school, though. And so, yeah, I, I, I joined that group because there's, I think there's changes that need to happen in school systems to help protect kids. 
Um, and I think, unfortunately, there are places and situations where kids have difficult upbringings or have hard home lives, and I can't control that, right? And I am empathetic to that. I cry, you know, if I hear like a kid is hungry or a kid has to work jobs to help pay bills and things that kids shouldn't have to do. I, you know, I've, I'm sympathetic to that. I'm empathetic to that. I give, you know, money to, for, to resources to help prevent those types of things or to help help those situations. However, there's never an excuse to be a bad person, in my opinion. There's never an excuse to be a bad person. I've had bad things happen to me. I've had bad days. I have never targeted a human being. I'm like, like, like I've never bullied another human being. I've never been mean. I've been mean to somebody who was mean to me. That's different. You cross me, I cross you. Like, I've done that before. But I've never just, like, looked at a person and said something rude. Like, what? Who has time for that? I don't have time thinking about other people. And so I think that just remember that your kids see everything. And I want to remind you that kids have memories around three and four. So, like, not that it doesn't matter what you do from birth to two. But Mia repeats everything I say. Mia will repeat everything that happened in the day. Mommy and dad were mad at each other and because daddy didn't do the dishes. She'll tell you that because I yelled at daddy because he didn't do the dishes. They see everything. And I was talking to Ethan about how for me, I want our relationship. There's things I want the kids to see. And like, there's not a whole lot. I mean, there's certain things, obviously, I don't want the kids to see. But like, I want our kids to see us. I don't think it's bad for them to see us have conflict and to work through it. I don't want them to think, wow, they're just like the perfect happy couple. Um, Not to say we're unhappy, but to say like real life is real life. Um, I don't want our kids to ever have to worry like about money, finances, food, things like that. Um, But there have been days where I'm like, no, Mia, we're not going to buy a toy at Target today because it's almost Christmas time and we, we're not going to do that, you know, or like, you know, we can buy a toy next week. We're not going to buy a toy this week. If it's like, I, I just paid a bunch of bills and I don't want to go spend money on a toy. Like saying it that way and not making it about like, because we can't afford to, or because we can't do this, but being like, nope, this is what we're doing. So I was going to do Elf on the Shelf this year. And here's what I've decided. If I'm going to do it, I'm doing it the 12 days leading up to Christmas and not before because I didn't get the elf yet and that's my parenting fail um and I don't feel like coming up with like 25 ideas and I consider myself a Christmas queen in the sense that like it was I went to work and I planned all those Christmas activities it was December 5th and I was like hey guys we're gonna do all these Christmas activities are you excited? I was telling my class and they were like, yeah, not, it's all, it's not really even Christmas time yet. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not Christmas time? My Christmas tree is up. I went to go see Christmas lights. I, we've already worn our matching Christmas pajamas twice. It is Christmas time. Um, and I, what I've decided is to embrace that the season comes early. And I'm only doing it for Christmas. You know how like as soon as Christmas is over, we're going to see Valentine's Day stuff out? I don't subscribe to Valentine's Day until like February 10th because Valentine's Day is just like one little holiday. Christmas is not a holiday. Christmas is a season. And so I go straight from, 
I've decided from now on it makes sense for me and for the kids to go straight from thanks not even Thanksgiving like Halloween to Christmas and to just include Thanksgiving into the fall mix um and what I mean by Halloween to to Christmas is like obviously I'm not going to have Christmas decorations out on Halloween. But you know that around Halloween time, Christmas decorations start to creep out. I think that it makes sense to, for me, to not even try to decorate for fall. Unless I start in the first week of September. Then it makes sense. If I start the first week of September decorating for fall, then you can have a whole fall season through Halloween. And then once it hits November... You can leave your fall stuff out until, you know, till the middle of November, right before Christmas. And then you can start transitioning out a few things. Like I hung our stockings up really early. Um, Mia doesn't know that she has a Chelsea doll in hers um, because I found it. I wrapped all the presents. I like the kids, all their presents are here already. All their presents are wrapped, which is why I feel like I'm actually ready for Christmas. Like... Yeah, it's the first week of December, but I I got everything done. You know what I mean? Like, I got everything done done. Like, I have presents to buy for family and my husband and myself, and that's about it. But even, like, with my family, I'm going lighter because everyone's going a little bit lighter, and everyone has everything they could ever need. But, um, yeah, I'm embracing that Christmas is happens right after Halloween and it gives me time to like prepare because I think if you get in that mindset you can start shopping right like if you're already thinking you can start thinking okay Black Friday if I'm buying anything big like a TV iPad um laptop MacBook Apple Watch whatever I'm gonna get that on Black Friday now luckily I'm I'm really enjoying these years where my kids want toys because then Christmas isn't like shelling out a whole bunch of money um when my kids get to the age where they want electronics I think that's when it gets expensive or they start wanting like I want Jordans I want a new MacBook I want an Apple Watch like those types of things it gets like oh this is expensive I have to like buy these things months in advance actually hopefully I'll be doing very well my entrepreneurial pursuits that it won't money won't matter but but right now, it, like, if I were to just keep on my little train, stay at my job, it wouldn't matter. And I'd have to, like, plan for it, like most people. And, um, like, I think the most expensive thing I'm getting the kids is, like, $150. And it is a, it's a furniture thing that's, like, a, a slide. It, like, is a slide. It can become a couch. It can become two chairs because they like to climb. And so because they can, like, I think it's, like, called the nugget or something. Or it's, like, it's like the nugget. Um, the nugget's even more expensive. Um, I was looking at, like, climbing blocks. But these things are, like, $200. That was my computer, y'all. Um, and so, sorry about my computer noises. Um, But the kids do need, like, something to sit on in the playroom. I finally sold my crib on Facebook Marketplace, and thank God I did. And um, I'm glad it's out my way, out my face. And, um, yeah, so I don't know where I was going with that, but I was going to say that 
I got distracted. Um, that's like some of the big things. They got some other good big toys. But when I tell you they have so much family to buy for them that it is ridiculous. Like absolutely ridiculous. I was talking to my best friend the other night because we're writing a book. Um, and it was, you know, we got to talk, we got to catch up sometimes. And when we talk, like we can just start talking and talking and talking. Cause we've been friends for like 15 years or something like that. But we're talking and I'm like going on and on and on about, we're talking about Christmas and the different things. And she tells me all the things she got for the kids. And then I was like looking and I saw, okay, this is what my grandparents got for the kids. And then this is what my mom got for the kids. This is what my aunt got for the kids. And then I'm like, oh, wow, that's a lot of presents. I really don't need to buy too much. Um, and I got the kids, obviously, because we're their parents, you know, we want them to come downstairs and be like, yeah, and they'll open their presents. But like, they get so much stuff. And I think I mentioned this before, is which is why like next year, it's really going to be the big present from us is Disney World. And I'm going to let family take care of toys and stuff that they want to give them. I'm My big present to them is Disney World. And then I'm going to buy them some cool gifts and souvenirs from Disney. And obviously I'll buy them, you know, something to open up. But I'm trying to make next year's Christmas present really be about going to Disney World for Christmas. Um, and they already, my kids already know that we're going next year for Christmas. One year when they're older, I would have surprised them on Christmas morning and, um, or even on Christmas Eve and be like, we're leaving for Disney in the morning. I want to do that so bad, but I'm really the worst at keeping secrets and I like to plan. And I think it's best to get me excited and like, I, I can't not talk about going to Disney like, if I'm planning it, like, I'm already looking at dates and looking at tickets, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy tickets, like, immediately so I don't have to think about it, like, things like that. Because the thing about Disney, if you know you're going, like, I'm going to book our place by March. I'm going to book our, where we're staying by March um, before I have the baby, and then I'm going to buy Disney tickets as soon as I can. And then the cool thing is that with your ticket, you make a reservation for a park day. So like I can buy my ticket for a Thursday. As long as the ticket that you paid for matches the price for that day, you can move it around. So like when we went to Disney World, um, I wanted to go to Epcot and some other things. Um, my friend Jordan, he wanted to go to a different park, but the ticket that he had was cheaper than the ticket for the park that he wanted that day. And so he went to customer service, paid the extra like $10 and was able to switch the day in park. But anyway, I always end up talking about Disney. Um, and I got distracted with Disney and now I don't know what I was going to say before the end of the podcast. Oh, before I go, why is it before you leave for a trip, it feels hectic. And I think like, I'm the type of person who we leave um, tomorrow for our DC staycation. My bags are pretty much packed. Now I have to still go get travel toiletries, um, and food because we have, you know, you guys know, I already talked about, we have a full kitchen. So I'm bringing like mini muffins and yogurt and like things that we can eat in the morning. If like, Ethan's not awake yet, or Mia's not awake yet, and me and Elliot are early risers. We can eat something, and, like, he can hang out and play, and I can kind of relax, and I can do my makeup, and have, like, a very chill morning 
before we go take pictures with Santa um, at the carousel. And then I had a dream about the carousel last night that freaked me out. Um, but, and you know, we could do all these little things and then, um, go to our light enchanted light thing in the evening. So I'm keeping the day really open because I want to be able to rest if I'm tired, um, and stuff like that. But I also have things I want to do. There's not a lot of shopping I want to do. This trip isn't for shopping. The outlets are there, but I live like 30 minutes from the outlets that have all the stores I want. Like, if I'm going to shop more expensive at the outlets, I want to make sure that I'm hitting up a Coach outlet and a Michael Kors outlet. And those two stores are at the outlets that are like 30 minutes from my house. <clears throat> um, and so, I am saying all of that. Um... Oh, man, I have to be in class a little bit earlier than I thought, so I better go get dressed. But <clears throat> I, anyway, just want to wish everyone a good, successful, productive week. I am tired. I've had a long week. I will be updating you guys next week about my trip. Um, I want to talk about some more things. This season is just super busy. Next weekend is my gender reveal, so look, be on the lookout for that. Um, and uh, I will get into some more serious topics after the holidays because I am so focused on the holidays. I've been MIA and honestly I was busy and then I did not, I was like sick nauseous for a week and honestly I've just been struggling with how busy I am but I'm back, I'm here and I hope you guys stay well. I will talk to you all next week. Bye.